Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, who clearly lost her voice this week. And I am so excited to be joined by CBS Sports Radio talk show host, Amy Lawrence. Amy talks about having a passion for what you do, powering through after early disappointments, and finding ways to set her show after hours apart. This is a really fun episode, so let's get to it. Amy, thank you so much for joining me on Get My Job. And for any of you that listened to the Tracy Sandler show earlier this week, you know I've lost my voice a little bit because I went to one Justin Bieber concert and it was fantastic. Uh, But I lost my voice singing Baby. I think Baby is what did me in. Uh, But it was worth it. It was fantastic. But Amy, welcome to Get My Job. You know what? I am considering a Backstreet Boys concert later in 2022 because I've been a BSB fan as long as I can remember. So this may be me in a couple of months. I highly recommend it. It was just fantastic. Uh, But to let me talk less and you talk more because this is about you anyways, I would love if we could jump right in. And if you can start by taking us through your professional journey that brought you to what is now After Hours with Amy Lawrence. I would love to. And actually, it's a bit of a milestone for me in the winter of 22, Tracy, because I'm marking 20 years, 20 full years in full-time sports radio. Uh, I never thought my journey would be as windy and twisty as it is. And now I look back and and I know I, I don't need to spend a whole lot of time looking back, but I look back and I think, wow, I can't decide if those years went slowly Mm-hmm. And because, you know, there's so much grind involved in it and there's so much, uh, there's so much blood, sweat, heart, soul, everything uh, that you put into it, uh, not just as a female, but in this business to survive. And so now here it is 20 years and I can barely recognize the broadcaster I was 20 years ago. So this is actually perfect. Uh, a little bit of uh, nostalgia for me. So my first job in sports radio wasn't until uh, I had moved to Oklahoma probably, oh gosh, six years into my career. I was doing news and I was writing and I was anchoring and I was reporting, but I wouldn't trade that foundation and the start of my career out of Syracuse University because it taught me how to be objective. It taught me how to tell a story. It taught me how to be a journalist. And even though those may not be skills that people value in our business, whether it be talk show hosting or podcasting, to me, they're extremely valuable because there are still stories every single day uh, in the sports world. And I I believe sports are a microcosm of greater society. Uh, Mm -hmm. So in our line of business where those skills are required. So my first six years or so were working in news. And then I got this opportunity in the early stages of 2002 to join what was a startup radio station in Norman, Oklahoma, home of Oklahoma University or University of Oklahoma. Uh, And it was an opportunity to kind of get my feet wet in the talk show hosting space. And I'll be honest, this was never my goal. I never anticipated being a full-time talk show host. I'm not really sure what I wanted to do. I just know I started telling 
my friends and family at age 16 that I was going to be the first female Johnny Most. So the first female NBA play-by-play announcer on radio. (laughs) That's what I fell in love with when I was a kid, but I didn't know how to get there. And, And you know, Tracy, there's no one path, one size fits all, no one conventional journey in our business. You really have to be ready for anything. And so it was 20 years ago that I started in talk show hosting. I am so grateful. Let me say it again. I am so grateful. There are no tapes of those (laughs) shows that I did going back 20 years ago because I had no idea what I was doing, but it was a chance to get my feet wet. It was really a chance to fall flat on my face and fail because that's how you learn. And wouldn't you know, Tracy, one year after I started there, I got fired. Football may be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage. It's the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. I got fired. It was my year evaluation. And I walked into the office all prepared for this kind of meeting of the minds with my boss to figure out what we needed to do moving forward to make the show better. And three minutes later, I was out on my ear. So that was devastating because as a young broadcaster, well, and a young anything, really, you don't have the benefit of wisdom and experience and longevity Mm -hmm. and perspective. And so, of course, I wondered, is my career over? What do I do now? I was halfway across the country in Oklahoma. So none of my family was there. I had literally picked up and moved there three years beforehand, almost sight unseen. And so it was a pretty, it was a pretty, I would say, uh, jarring experience of Mm -hmm. emotional experience because I had no idea what happened next. But I had this amazing man in the Oklahoma City market. He was a TV sports anchor. And he said to me, I I called him in a panic, Tracy. And he said to me, Amy, you haven't made it in this business until you've been fired at least twice. (laughs) (laughs) Probably their point. (laughs) Yeah, his point was, this is not the end of your story unless you quit here, Mm -hmm. unless you give up here. And so after a few months of kind of kicking around and investigating, doing some freelance work on the side, I ended up moving back to the Northeast and took another job in Providence, Rhode Island. And that was a morning show. Oh my gosh, it was my, I would say it was my, uh, my real and and last stop doing mornings. I mean, I, w- what I do now brings me into the mornings, but I approach right. it from the overnight as opposed to getting up at 2.30 a.m. It was really to underscore the fact that I should never be doing mornings. So I, I worked in Providence, which essentially covers the Boston sports market for a year. And wouldn't you know, on my one-year anniversary, got fired again. Oh my gosh. But this time I was a little more prepared, right? I mean, it was no less 
it was no less devastating to lose a job, but I didn't love the job because of the mornings were so hard. Uh, and, and the partner that I worked with, actually, it, he and I were okay, except that the station, I didn't know this at the time, the station was about to get flipped and oh, everybody wow. was going to get wiped out. So they actually did me a favor and gave me a head start on my next job search. And from that point, I started to get work at ESPN Radio. So that would have been in 2004 or five. Uh, right. got passed over a couple times for full-time opportunities there. But the nature of the beast is that if you're available and you are willing to drive, have microphone, will travel, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I started working at ESPN Radio as a fill-in and I essentially plugged any hole they asked of me. I was a utility infielder, so to speak, uh, and did whatever they wanted. Oh, you know what? I was a little bit like a Taysom Hill in New Orleans. Okay. I just did whatever they asked of me. <laughs> and so in a few years, it became my full-time gig. And so that's really where I cut my teeth in network radio. And the formula at the time was good for me. It gave me structure. It gave me an opportunity to work with a variety of hosts in different day parts and really understand what it means to create a show for a national audience. Eventually, though, I outgrew it. The ESPN radio, actually ESPN overall, has a particular formula. And at that time, I was the only female there, Tracy. And they didn't, yeah, they didn't necessarily cater to women. I know now it's the big thing, right? Let's get as many women as possible on our network and let's hold them up like this is history. But when I was there for essentially eight years, I was, I wouldn't say an afterthought, but I, I wasn't someone that they wanted to hold up as our token female. I remember I had one program director who said to me, you really need to stop laughing and smiling so much on the air because it takes away from your credibility. Something mm -hmm. that a program director mm -hmm. would never say to a man, right? Don't have a, too much personality. As a female, it takes away from your credibility. So I outgrew the formula. I was ready for a change. I was ready to, to be able to spread my wings a little bit, so to speak. And wouldn't you know, late 2012, a man named Mark Chernoff calls me up. Don't know how he got my number. Calls me up and says, I have two questions. What's your status with ESPN? And are you available to come work with me? And as it turned out, a lot of the overnight, late night and overnight shows that at times, I felt like we're an afterthought to my previous network. That's exactly when Mark Chernoff would hear me because he would get up at 3.30 in the morning Eastern time and he would run and he would listen to radio and he would hear me multiple times per week. And he says that's when he became a big fan. So I will never, ever, ever stop being grateful for what he did for me. He took a chance on me as someone who was relatively, I wouldn't say unknown, but relatively unproven as a five-day-a-week talk show host, and he said, I don't want you to be anyone but Amy Lawrence, whoever mm -hmm. that is, whatever your voice is, whatever your style is, whoever you are, I won't ask you to be someone that you're not. And that was all the confidence that I needed. It was, it was really the launching point. So I joined this startup network, CBS Sports Radio. January 1st, 2013 is when we went on the air. And as one of the original employees, there are not very many of us left, but there are a <laughs> few of us. We just entered into year number 10. So crazy enough, Tracy, long story, long journey. But here I am marking 20 years. And 
I swear to you, the craziest part of it is that I've been in one place for nine plus years because that almost doesn't happen. I, I never thought it would happen for me, but in our business, it's so tumultuous that that in and of itself is something that I'm really proud of. Absolutely. I mean, even just in sports, generally, people are not what you know one place for that long from <laughs> yes. athletes to, to media, et cetera. So uh, I think that is fantastic. I want to go back a little bit to the, okay. the first two firings um, after <laughs> the, after one year. And it, obviously, it sounds like in Oklahoma, you had someone who was really in your corner and, and helped you out. But kind of what did you have inside yourself? And and this is, and I bring this up because this is a tough business and you, not you, the universal, you will be fired and, and it or can be fired. And I want to just say for young people getting into this business, just starting out, I want to hear what it was about you and what you kind of dug inside yourself to get, mm. to not give up and just keep it going. Passion, passion mm-hmm. for this job, passion for the creativity, passion for the storytelling, passion to pursue this dream and only have it come to an end when I was ready to walk away, not when somebody else told me to walk away. And I tell people all the time, I'm so glad that that you also recognize how important it is to pass on wisdom and experience. I tell young people, regardless of industry, I have two nieces. One's an engineer and mm-hmm. she's about to turn 25. The other is at Virginia Tech as a junior. And so I try to say the same thing to them. If you have a passion for whatever you pursue, it could be raising kids and staying at home as a mom and a wife, uh, or or whatever that looks like. It could be an accountant. It could be a radio host. It could be an engineer. It could be a computer nerd. And I say that with all of the admiration that I can possibly muster. Whatever it is that you pursue, if you have a passion, it will carry you through those moments where you bottom out. It will Mm -hmm. carry you through those moments of doubt It will carry you through those times when you question, am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing? How am I ever going to get to where I want to go? I can't even see my destination from here. I saw a quote recently that stuck with me. uh, I'm in this space where I think, man, if I had known then what I know now, but of course that's not how it works, right? But a quote recently, something along the lines of, if no path exists in front of you, create your own. And for women in our business, Tracy, that's essentially what we've been doing for decades because there isn't one typical journey. And for women, it's always going to be, the journey is always going to be fraught with more obstacles, more moments where we have to prove ourselves. And I dare say more of these tumultuous hurdles and mountains um, that kind of rise up in front of us that we never saw coming. And that's what it's like to be fired. You don't know what it's happening. Or even if you do, it's almost impossible to prepare for that moment. (laughs) You do what you can to be ready to, to rise above, so to speak. But without the passion, I would have given up a long time ago. Without the desire uh, to chase this dream of mine. I remember Tracy, my mom said to me once, maybe it was after the second time I got fired and I was scuffling around doing accounting jobs on the side, using my other degree, uh, Mm -hmm. doing whatever I could to pay the bills. And she said to me, how long are you going to chase this dream with nothing to show for it? And she wasn't being mean. My mom is blunt. I inherited that from her. But she also wants me to be in a space where I'm happy and productive, right? And after getting fired two times in three years, there wasn't any of that evidence. But it did force me 
to check myself and to make sure that I was willing to pursue this dream to the end. I was willing to go wherever the journey took me. And you know, I still have dreams. I still have career goals that I haven't yet achieved. That passion gets me through those weekends when I don't feel like working, when I'd rather put my feet up and be a couch potato. It gets me through those long hours. It certainly gets me through the years when I've lived paycheck to paycheck, as so many of us do in this business. It gets me through a pandemic where I lose one of my producers and now all of a sudden I'm essentially producing my own show and trying to train a newbie on the side. The stress and, uh, as I say, the obstacles, the hurdles, the hoops that we have to jump through. Without the passion, I would have checked out of this business a long time ago. So let's talk a little bit about, um, let's talk a little about the pandemic. And I would just kind of love to hear a little bit about how it affected your job. And when you said you lost one producer, so you kind of became a producer and you're training <laughs> someone new, what was that like, especially at a time where you couldn't be doing that in person? Yes. Well, I'll just be the first one to say I hated working from home. It was awful, partly because I have two pets and they thought it was super cool to be involved in every single radio show uh, right. that I was doing from home. And let me just tell you, I'll never ask for a take your pets to work day again. Uh, so that was part of it because they were not sleeping. And so there was a little bit of extra stress there. I can imagine families who have kids. It's a little bit like that, right? So I did the show from home for two and a half months. And crazy enough, Tracy, uh, Friday, March 11th is two years since I the know. NBA shut down. Saturday, March 12th, which is literally the day before Selection Sunday, March 12th, 2020, is the date when we saw college basketball and college sports go dark. I cannot believe it's been two years. But for two and a half months of working from home until my bosses would finally let me get back into our New York City studios, I remember every night thinking, I have to be entertaining. I need mm -hmm. to remind people that there are some silver linings to all of these clouds. I feel like I have a responsibility to be positive and to share hope. What does that look like? Well, in that space, I didn't know. None of us knew what that looked like. We had no idea what was coming. But hope is what carried me, and hope is what I tried to share on the radio. So we had fun. Uh, well, I tried. I tried to have fun. Right. I look back on it now, and I, I can't believe we did two and a half months of radio shows about sports, and yet there were no sports. So hysterical. You know all the time you get that whole stick to sports response on social right. media. Well, hello. How do you do that when there are no sports to stick to? And so we did everything. We did family. We did food. We, of course, talked about when sports might come back. But I was also in the middle of buying my first house. And so I would tell stories. Oh, let me just tell you, Trace, moving in the middle of a pandemic is as much fun as it sounds. So oh, yeah. I, yeah. So <laughs> I was telling stories about the stress of buying a new house and packing up one house and moving almost 80, well, I would say 80% on my own, but almost entirely by myself because there wasn't anyone else to ask. And just the, the stresses of daily life that we were all going through, the loneliness, the frustration, feeling as though we were isolated, the, the feelings of uncertainty and the fears, right? The fears, the anxiety. So I remember at one point I, I determined to start every show with good news. And I'll be honest, there were some nights where I couldn't really find a whole lot, so I had to manufacture it. Uh, but I look back now, and I know that ultimately, as radio hosts, as talk show hosts, we're companions, right? And what we all needed in that time was to feel like we had a connection, even if we couldn't mm -hmm. see 
who it was that we were connecting with, uh, whether it be over text message, whether it be over some type of video call, uh, whether it be through a radio show. I tried to be a companion. And by offering hope to others, I found hope myself, which is so often how it happens as human beings. Forget radio. It's just how it happens as humans. We reach out to other people. We hold out that hand and say, I'm here. You're not alone. And it encourages us in in that same process. So yeah, hope was the very basic feeling and emotion that I was trying to offer. And uh, I hope that I did it in some way. I I know that it was a relief to get back in the studio. Something else I'll tell you too, and I don't mind admitting this, though at the time I didn't really recognize it. It was much later in 2020 and even into 2021, Tracy, where I understood that internally I was struggling with our business and with my, my goals and also my perspective. I struggled with feeling guilty about getting on the radio at night talking about games when our society was really struggling still. There were people Mm -hmm. who were getting sick. There were people who were losing jobs. There were people who were trying to decide, should they spend money on gas or groceries? And we're not out of that space, right? We still have so many Americans who are struggling. And so I, I felt guilty about celebrating the return of sports at times. There were so many nights when sports didn't matter to me, and yet I had to put my brain in that space in order to entertain and offer people a distraction and offer the hope that that I mentioned. But I struggled myself. Uh, is this what I want to do with the rest of my life? Can I be making an impact somewhere else? And one more thing I'll admit, I didn't really care about sports then. It, it mm-hmm. was a job. It was my job, and I had to do it well. And there were parts of it that I I was excited back, to, uh, you know, to just to see athletes get on the field and do what they love. Uh, I think was an encouragement to me. But man, there were a lot of nights where I felt burnt out, and I wondered how much longer can I do this? It doesn't seem to matter. And so, like everybody else, over the past couple of years, there were many moments of reflection, many opportunities uh, where. You know, I thought I should be doing something else, and but opportunities to question and make sure that what I was doing is what I needed to be doing is still my calling. Uh, so yeah, all of those those times where I wasn't sure, and and now coming through it on the other side, uh, I believe I'm still in the right space, and I'm still pursuing uh, the the calling that is that God laid out for me. That I feel like is is really what my whole life is about. Not just talking about sports but about connecting with people and doing what I can to inspire and offer hope. That has not changed even two years later. Well, and it's interesting when you say connecting with other people. I think when sports came back, you know, even kind of going back to that NFL draft of 2020 and there was so much discussion, (laughs) like why are they doing it, et cetera, et cetera. Should they stop? It's tone deaf, et cetera. But ultimately they did a great job. And ultimately it was something else for people to kind of think about and come together on. And you had that, you had the last dance. And I think as sports came back, (laughs) yes, incredible. And it was something that kind of brought everyone together as sports often can do. And as it came back, because I agree with you, it was that feeling of like, does this even matter? There's so many serious things going on, but as these events happened, as that show was going on, as, as players got back on the court, back on the field, it kind of was a reminder that it it did kind of connect us and bring us together in a way that was healthy and helpful to people to have something else to focus on and talk about in a little bit of of an escape. It's hard to understand, but sports have the power to heal. 
-hmm. many times have we seen that in our society, even in the last 25 years uh, since I've been in this business? Uh, We think about New Orleans and Hurricane Katrina, Boston and the marathon bombing. Um, and, And I could go on and on, right? Sports bring people together. And there was an element of that in late 2020. And even now, as we get set to tip off the, the full March Madness experience for the first time uh, in a few years, it's, I know, going to be amazing to see those full arenas and people just yelling and screaming like you did at the Justin Bieber concert just yes. because we need a release, right? We need a relief and we need a release. And that's what sports do. So I don't fully understand it, but I know they bring us together. We don't agree on very much in this country, but we agree on our sports that we're passionate about them. And so I am grateful that we all had that rallying point. But yeah, it was it was uh, a moment, well, many moments, but ultimately an opportunity for me to determine, is this still what I want to do with my life? And then once I decided, yes, it is, to almost have that re- that refreshing and that rejuvenation and that re-energization, is that a word? Re-energizing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, for the job, it. Yeah, even, even 20 years in. So kind of t- turning our attention to the job and after hours with Amy Lawrence, I think you have a very unique opportunity every night. You are talking to people late. It is, as you said, you're going from the night into the morning. Can you talk just a little bit about what that experience is like, how you keep it fresh and entertaining, knowing that you have a late night audience, which which is a different audience than a daytime mm-hmm. audience? Yeah, I love the audience. I'll tell you the truth. I've had multiple chances to change day parts and I've chosen to stay where I am, partly because we're building something amazing. And I just signed a new contract, a new three-year oh, congratulations. deal. congratulations. Thank you. With CBS Sports Radio. It was a nice validation. Uh, but at the end of this contract, I will have done 10 years on this time slot, which is 11P to 3A Pacific time. Uh, and it's hard. I'll be honest. It is not an easy lifestyle. I, I have sleep issues. Thanks, mom. Um, and so I, I don't sleep well. And I feel like I can't remember the last time I was tired. But you know what, Trace? I also can't remember the last time I was bored. The job, mm-hmm. if if you choose to to go all in, and I don't do anything halfway, there's something new every night. That Uh, that approach I think has carried me because I still, I wouldn't say I have a sense of wonder because there are parts of me that are jaded about this business and about sports, but it's never the same thing twice. Although (laughs) don't you feel like sometimes we're caught in a hamster wheel? Will Aaron Rodgers go back to green Bay? Oh, wait, we're asking the same thing a year later. Is Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay? And so now we find out, yes, yes, he is. And you wonder, my gosh, how many hours did I waste talking about that story? Anyway, <laughs> I know you guys uh, understand it on you know, Niners Fangirl with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. So I think that the, the, um, the schedule itself is challenging, um, but once you get past that and you recognize that, oh my goodness, I have a chance to go on the air almost immediately after so many of these big games and exciting finishes wrap up, whether it's the NBA, whether it's NFL. I love, 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 I can't say this enough, that I get to go on the air Sunday nights. And I am one of the first voices on CBS Sports Radio uh, to be able to, to break down what we just saw in the NFL because the NFL is the best reality show on TV. It never disappoints. <laughs> Even true. when the league tries to screw it up, they can't. And so, <laughs> so considering the playoff run that we just saw, 
amazing. And I know Niners fans were, were thrilled, although coming up a little bit short, but man, uh, the, the fact that they had such a roller coaster ride of a season, I think is emblematic of what we see around the league all the time. So it's, it's about knowing your audience. It's about understanding that you have something to present to the late night audience, uh, that they're maybe hearing for the first time. Uh, and I, I think enthusiasm is contagious. Energy is okay. contagious. So I, if I can bring that, whatever I'm excited about, people are going to catch on. But then as we morph through the middle stages of the show, not necessarily on Sunday nights during an NFL season, but there's a little more time to breathe. There's a little uh-huh. more time to have fun, to spend more than just, say, two or three minutes on a particular topic to kind of flesh it out, to have fun with it, or to get off of the beaten path, which means talking about my grandmother who turns 100 in a month. Oh, Uh, amazing. Yeah, I know. My gosh, she's my superhero, Grammy Helen. And I believe she's becoming a superstar because I talk about her all the time. (laughs) Uh, Talking about my crazy dog who, oh my gosh, is now 12 and has been running my life for the last 10 years. She's sitting here next to me. But but stuff as as normal, but also as hysterical as, oh my gosh, my refrigerator that got lost somewhere on a truck and I never saw it, right? I buy a new fridge and it never shows up. And these are all stories and experiences that humans can relate to. And so I tell people all the time, the beauty of radio, the reason I'm a radio junkie is that you can take the scenic route through life. You're mm-hmm. not so stuck into a 90 second clip or a beholden to video. It really is theater of the mind. And so that's also important to me. Know your audience, recognize that you're not speaking to one group of sports fans, one market, one region of the country. Somehow you have to appeal to people all over the country and internationally. I just got a tweet from Australia last night, somebody who was listening to the show. So in in this digital space, like your podcast, you can get people all over. And again, I go back to connection recognizing that sports are the platform, but we are all human beings and we're not so one dimensional that we are stuck in a sports lane or that we should stay in, in our lanes. <laughs> so oh, to speak. Absolutely. I, I love the morning audience too, because these people are waking up and if they're anything mm-hmm. like me, I suck at mornings. So if they're anything like me, they're groggy and they're trying to shake the cobwebs out. And so we do what's called hump show every Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. Cause it's the middle show of the work week. All right, people, we got this. We're going to get through our hump show. You're going to get through your hump day. And now we're closer to the weekend. So yeah, I just, I, I look at it that way. The sports calendar dominates my life because there's such a crazy ebb and flow to it from January mm-hmm. through December. But at the same time, uh, aren't we all human beings trying to figure out if we're doing it the right way. And when we don't do it the right way, how do we get back on track? And once, once again, thinking about these last two years where even despite our differences, we have a lot more in common than we do have things that separate us, things, the technical term. Uh, we have more qualities that uh, bring us together than separate us. Absolutely. And I, I really like the idea that, and you're right, sports is the backdrop, but at the end of the day, it's the stories that are relatable. And I think about that with, I tell people that about the television show Friday Night Lights all the time. And people say, oh, you love that show because you love football. And I was like, but the show, football is the backdrop. (laughs) High school football is the backdrop, but the show's not about football. And that's, I think, true. When I think about a radio show and think about you on the air for four hours, certainly (laughs) you're going to talk a lot about sports, but 
your life and the relatability comes in. And those are the best way to tell all the stories. All stories that are relatable are obviously the most enjoyable and entertaining. And you know what's crazy? I sometimes wonder, why do I bother talking about sports? Because it's the stories about Grammy Helen. It's the stories about my dog. It's the, hey, I got road rage. I, I don't know, just some crazy story about my commute or something that happened outside of my neighborhood. Uh, I'm big into flowers. And when I bought my house, the man that I bought the house from, I had no idea, but he was also big into gardening and flowers. And so the the, the yard work stories that I tell, because somehow I never end up coming in from uh, an hour of yard work without debris in my hair, mm-hmm. buying a new lawnmower. Uh, th- these are all things that people can relate to. Um, something as dumb as, can I fix well, so this is crazy, Tracy, but I have this thing going on with my car right now. Her name is Princess Leia, where <laughs> every time I get in the car, every single light on my dashboard lights up and it has something to do with my gas tank, right? So we got into this discussion about things that you can fix or, or ways that you can avoid having to pay someone to fix something by going on YouTube, right? So we got on this whole, this down this whole rabbit hole about YouTube and the craziest things you've ever fixed or repaired or learned how to do on YouTube. That's all relatable for an audience, regardless of whether or not you're a sports fan. So yeah, I get far more response and interest to the non-sports elements and stories than I do sports. And I wonder sometimes, am I talking about the wrong things? <laughs> well, that kind of leads me a little bit to my next question, which we're switching gears a little bit. But if you could give our listeners a piece of advice for getting into your industry, what would it be? And the reason I think that's a lead-in, not to lead your answer, but <laughs> I think it's a little bit of a lead-in is because talking about the relatability and variety of subjects and what you get the response to, I feel like the two things may... Uh, coincide a little. Yeah. And the neat advantage that people have in 2022 is that you can get reps just by talking into your phone, the record button on your phone or your Mm. laptop as I'm doing right now. I'm not sure you're set up, but you can easily practice talking about sports uh, writing a story and and reading it. Maybe you want to be an anchor. You can practice play-by-play simply by turning on a game and doing it yourself and then listening back. There are how many podcasts, and, and it's difficult because you have to figure out a way to set yourself apart, but, but the opportunity is there. Uh, there is no one who can tell you, oh, you, you don't have an opportunity. No, you absolutely do with the technology we hold in our hands every single day. So my piece of advice is to get reps. And the reason I say that is because you have to find your style. You have to find your voice. For a long time, I didn't know what that was. Uh, Obviously, I make the classic mistake of what a lot of broadcasters do when they get into radio or TV, which is talking at people as opposed Mm -hmm. to talking with people. And and that's not easy to do. It's not easy to understand, especially when you're sitting at a radio radio studio, excuse me, and you can see no one except for your producer. And and every now and then he's yawning in your face, right? And so you have to be able to, to create that energy and that enthusiasm, even if there's no one else around you, and even if there's zero feedback. Uh, But I love the immediacy of radio. I love the companionship of radio. And I had to learn how to do that and and what kind of style I wanted. Uh, who Who is Amy Lawrence on the radio? None of that happens without practicing. So even if there is 
no one listening except for your mom, when you send her the recording and say, hey, mom, what do you think about this? Or a friend who might be able to give you feedback. I have a college friend of mine whose daughter wants to get into podcasting and uh, she sends me the podcast and says, hey, what kind of advice can you give? And so whoever it is, just get some feedback, but practice, practice, practice. You're never going to be perfect. I So the, the whole phrase about practice makes perfect is uh, kind of a misnomer. But the only way you're going to develop as a personality, as a host, the only way you're going to find your voice is to talk, <laughs> is yeah. to do it, right? And you have the technology. So figure out who you are, who you want to be so that you're already ahead of the game when your first commercial opportunity comes along. How have you seen opportunities grow and change for women in the sports industry? And how do you think we can still improve? I love the fact that this generation of athletes and coaches do not look at women any different, Tracy. And that's something Mm -hmm. I didn't have when I was first breaking into the business. Uh, Like you, I've been in locker rooms. uh, I've covered games as a beat reporter. And I'll I'll say back to the, the early stages of my career, there was a lot of harassment. There were a lot of men who didn't want us in the locker room as women, or, you know, you look around and you're the only female in that locker room, which is a Mm -hmm. little disconcerting. So I tried not to look around eyes up. Don't look around. Right. Right. And so I think that the, the athletes of today, the, the guys who were just breaking into the league, they were taught by their mothers. They were taught by their teachers. They were taught by society that you need to treat women equally. Now, even if they don't want us there, you're never going to know it because they have been trained that we belong there as much as they do. And so I think there's a different level of respect, uh, which I appreciate. And and I'll also say this, some guys balk at this when I say it, but it's true. I'm not sure your experience. I've honestly had more resistance from other men in the sports broadcasting industry than I have from athletes and coaches. If you know what you're talking about, it may take them a minute to respect you inside a locker room or doing an interview. It may take them a minute to recognize that you're competent and that you're prepared, but that shines through pretty quickly in a conversation. I've had more resistance from guys in our business that didn't want to relinquish the real estate, so to speak, or that felt like, Uh, We were coming for their jobs. Uh, As I even look at the name of your podcast on my screen, Get My Job, right? There's so many guys in this business who think uh, that I'm out to get their job. Eh, no, I'm I'm good. I've got one and I'm okay. And I I don't necessarily need their help, but it would be nice, I think, if there were more men in our business who were encouraging and who recognized that we're not a threat to them, so to speak, as females. Um, But yeah, that's, that's a tough, it's a tough hurdle because we're still not judged the same. Tracy, we're, we can't be, oh, how do I want to say this? We can't be making as many mistakes as the men do because we're judged differently. Um, there's always going to be this ridiculous standard that women don't play football, which A, isn't true, and B, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not breaking, I mean, I could, if you want me to, break down uh, Calvin, well, not Calvin Ridley. That's a bad example. Amari Cooper's latest route, but that's not what we do on radio. We're not breaking down X's and O's necessarily. Um, That's not what listeners are, are asking for. And so whether or not I played football has zero to do with whether or not I can talk about a game intelligently and, and share emotions and share, you know, the passion of a fan, but also, you know, give some insight. 
So there is, still is a double standard. Um, there are always going to be people who don't believe that women should be a part of the industry. And yet, I say, you know, I say to young women, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. The business is really subjective, man or woman. You're you're gonna impress some people. Other people, you're going to uh, turn off, and and they're not gonna love what you do, regardless um, whether you're a female or a male. It doesn't really matter. You have to go through all of those uh, kind of reactions and and that feedback. And social media is a tough sell, right? I mean, I I tell my nieces all the time, and I'm really glad they're not big into social media. Your identity does not come from social media. That is a right. very small cross section, and people will say and do anything when they believe they're they're not going to be held accountable and they can remain relatively anonymous. So feedback is important, but be careful who you listen to. Right? Don't listen to every voice, every Jerry, every June that comes along, because if they've not been in your space and they've not walked in your shoes, it's really difficult for them to actually understand what you're going through. So all of these things, there are so many. Internal pressures as females to be perfect, I think to live up to a standard, whether it's real or imagined. And, and there's also external pressures. Ultimately, uh, ultimately, it's about finding, again, the passion, knowing that that's mm-hmm. going to carry through and recognizing who you are as a female is not determined by the, the people and the voices around you. That's fantastic advice. I wish I knew it when I was a kid, Trace. (laughs) It's hard. You know, it's so hard though, because I hope people listen and hear it, not just listen, but actually hear the advice and and hear what you said, because I do think a lot of things in life we have to find out on our own, but I'm hoping that through this podcast and the things that we're talking about today, people can hear that and really understand it. And, and cause that's a big one. And it, Mm. it goes with the kind of not taking things personally and knowing people, project and all of those things. And you want constructive feedback, constructive, helpful criticism, but realizing that not everyone's advice and thoughts are valuable and it's figuring out who to listen to and who not, as you said. So I think that's just fantastic. Well, I love the fact that you're doing this podcast that highlights the, I would say the struggles of women in our business, but also the successes and the breakthroughs and the, 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 way that the industry has changed over the past 20 years. I'm glad it has. But I also say I wouldn't change my journey as hard as it's been. It Mm -hmm. made me a fighter, Trace. It made me determined. As we talked about getting fired early in my career, I was forced to decide whether or not this is really something I wanted to do. And that tenacity, that determination, that commitment to it also makes me better at what I do. 100%. (laughs) And the, the journey is a very, very big part of it. Yes. Uh, okay. I would love with that kind of in mind, if you could take us through a day in the life of Amy Lawrence, I feel like your schedule might be one of the most interesting and different that we've had thus far. Can I tell you, it's so glamorous, you know, on weekends, people want to know what I do with my life. And I say, oh, well, I go to the grocery store, then I get gas. Oh, and right now that's an expensive venture, right? I do laundry. I take my dog for a walk. I get dirty with my yard work. I procrastinate cleaning my floors. I mean, it's so completely boring, but yet that's what I need when it comes to the weekends, right? So it's Mm -hmm. funny because people think my life is so glamorous. I probably, you get this too. Why don't you have your personal assistant do that for you? Why don't you have a driver uh, take you where you need to go? Are you kidding me? People are so out of touch. Uh, They, they think we're all rich and, and we have, you know, we have people to do everything for us, but that is so not the case. And honestly, I wouldn't want it that way anyway. Okay. So Day in the life during the week, 
Well, it's upside down, as you say, uh, and mm-hmm. it's, oh gosh, it is filled with warts, lots of warts and lots of blips, and it doesn't always work the way I plan. Um, but I'll start with when I wake up, since since uh, that's kind of my morning, and that's typically around 12.30 Pacific time, 3.30 my time, 4 o'clock if my dog will leave me alone for a couple extra minutes. Uh, and and <laughs> the first thing I do is find coffee. So that that is optimal. I could not do this job. I could not live this life or survive this routine without coffee. So I'm a big, big consumer of coffee. I hear that at some point in the next, I don't know, 10 years or so, we may have a coffee crisis. Uh, that may oh, no. be where I exit stage left and get out of this business because I can't do it without the coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> yeah. So once I wake up, it's about shaking the cobwebs out, getting some sunshine, walking the dog, or I guess yesterday it was pouring down rain. Um, but honestly, as crazy as it sounds, those few minutes walking the dog are really important too because they get me outside of the job and and already my brain's thinking how many emails do I have to answer what what breaking news happened while I was sleeping and you know on Tuesday I woke up and it's Aaron Rodgers that's staying in Green Bay and Russell Wilson's been traded to Denver and so all of a sudden boom your your sports mind starts thinking but those few minutes walking the dog force me to breathe and then to approach the day with a little more of a balance, right? So it's coffee, it's early show prep, uh, of course, trying to, to to find time to work out. If I didn't work out, my stress levels would go through the roof. So working out and also talking to family, having a conversation with my mom, knowing that if I don't create that space for a personal life, the job will take over. And I'm sure you understand because I feel like you have seven jobs. Is it eight? How many jobs do you have? There's a, there's a, there's a few of them. There's definitely a few of them. There's the, there's, there's a number. I I say it's two beat writer covering the 49ers and then, um, CEO of Fangirl Sports Network. But part of being CEO of Fangirl Sports Network is the host of two podcasts and all kinds of things. So multiple, but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's great. It's just that you have to carve out time for yourself as well. I know you understand that. And when we had you on after hours during Super Bowl week, so much fun uh, to hear your story and and how you've gotten to where you are, but you can't let your guard down, right? Like the the second you slow up, someone passes you. So there's also that element to our business. So in in the evenings, I'm watching sports. Uh, I say this to people all the time because fans can't quite relate to the fact that they can pick and choose what they want to watch. We have to follow everything, especially when you have a national audience. You don't get to watch only what you want to watch. So it's funny mm-hmm. because I've been a Denver Broncos fan since age 13. Even before I had a clue what was happening on the field, I just knew I was addicted to the football adrenaline. And so people are all excited, right, to talk to me about the new quarterback. But it, that's no more important to me in studio than anything else that's happening. Who's getting franchise tagged? So we really don't have the luxury of picking and choosing. And I think that's something people don't recognize. So right now, oh, the spring is such a great time of the year. March Madness, the stretch run in the NBA and the NHL. Before you know it, it's going to be the Masters. And let's hope baseball gets its act together. But March and April are crazy months, and they go so quickly. So it's about being prepared. Uh, people ask me how much time do you spend prepping for the show my general rule of thumb and in busier times of the year this is this is obviously different but an hour of preparation for every hour I'm on the air Uh, a little while ago I had an opportunity to talk with a member of the Longwood men's basketball team first ever trip to the NCAA tournament how can you find those stories that set your show apart? Because there's, mm-hmm. as we talked about, a bazillion podcasts. There's so many radio and TV shows uh, in the same space. It's pretty crowded. But how can you 
find the stories that make people feel good, that make people want to listen. But also, I'll be honest, the stories that are hard to tackle too. On my show last night, I spent time talking about Katie Meyer, the Stanford soccer goalie Mm -hmm. uh, who took her own life. And how can we try to, to... save the next one or reach out to the next one. And, and that was tough. I mean, I, there were a couple of minutes where I was, was really reflective and, and thought about my own nieces, one who's 24 and the other one who's 20. And Katie was 22. And what is her family going through? So I don't want to waste the opportunities that I have on the air, which means being prepared and, and maybe finding some stories and, and some topics that other shows won't tackle. Um, so then we get, we, by that, by that, I mean, me and my producer, we get really into the audio and the production, uh, kind of the behind the scenes preparation 90 minutes before the show. Uh, and then it's diving in and it's the four hours and it's, uh, I adopted this during the pandemic because I really couldn't look much further down the road, one show at a time. If it has to be one hour at a time, fine, let's do an hour and then we'll worry about the next one when we get there. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, so the show, it, it, it so often goes quickly. It flies by in a blur. Um, and then when I get off the air, you know, we're doing a little prep for the following day, kind of what what YouTube videos do we want to do this week or how can we connect on social media, making sure that, um, you know, that our podcast is up and running. That was one of the challenges of actually the biggest challenge of losing our second person. Um, you know, everybody's feeling the crunch with resources and personnel in the last two years. But gosh, Tracy, I took over. The social media. So oh, every wow. single day. Yeah. And partly because I'm a control freak and I, I don't want to trust a young producer to do it, but also because he's got his other responsibilities. So every single day, at least two hours on social media. You know how it is. If you're going to oh, do yeah. it right, you have to invest in it. I don't love it. That's the part of my day where I wish I was doing something else with my life every now and then. Um, but it is necessary to connect with people and get your your podcast out there to get your your interviews out there and, and to capture an audience that didn't hear you live on the air. Because of course, with my time slot, there's a lot of people that don't have a chance to hear it live. So I come home in the morning, I'm starving. Don't ask me why talking burns so many calories, but it does. <laughs> so I get home about 3 a.m. Pacific time. It's, well, I take that back, 6.45 uh, Eastern time. Dog and the zoo have to eat first. Then I get to eat. Then I walk the dog. And then no joke. This is what I do every single morning. I open a book, a book, fiction, because reading a page and sometimes I fall asleep after a paragraph, like literally my head hits the book, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm so tired. I can't keep my eyes open, but it's really important to settle my brain. It helps me sleep better. If I read a page out of my latest mystery novel or a page out of my latest biography, I'm, I'm big into to history. I'm a bit of a history buff. So I love okay. uh, historical books. Like for instance, I read one about the Lufthansa um, not that long ago. And I just, you know, just books that take me to a different place and get me away from sports. That's really critical. Once I found that out, that reading a book that has nothing to do with sports before bed could help me sleep better, I was all in. So that's the last thing I do before I fall asleep is sometimes it's only a page, but I read a book. That's fantastic. I love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Amy, this is this has been great. I feel like I I you talked about energy and enthusiasm being infectious and I think your energy and enthusiasm is infectious. So I have loved loved talking to you, but Thank I can't you, let you Oh, you're very welcome. I can't let you go yet though because we have okay. to do five fun facts. Um, I'm ready. So, uh I'm going to go uh in just a moment five fun facts with Amy Lawrence. 
All right, Amy, what is your favorite moment in sports? Oh, gosh. My favorite moment as a fan was watching John Elway with that helicopter move on third down uh, up close in the red zone in the Super Bowl against the Green Bay Packers, seeing him everything in his entire career building up to that moment, getting that first down, moving the chains. This would be late 90s and finally having the opportunity to celebrate a Super Bowl win because he had certainly suffered through so many losses. So as a fan, that is a memory I will never, ever, ever forget. But can I tell you, Tracy, as a broadcaster, and this is tough because we've seen so many good ones over the last 20 years, the only Super Bowl I've ever attended in person the Patriots come back over the Falcons that went into overtime. I will never forget the emotional roller coaster inside NRG Stadium in Houston, feeling like the Falcons had done it and then recognizing that the Patriots actually were going to come back and mm-hmm. win that game. Every single moment of that is burned in my brain. And because you have the Niners fangirl uh, podcast and, and, and because you cover the Niners, you'll, you'll understand and, and kind of recognize this too. The moment that will stick with me post-game, walking by Kyle Shanahan, who was the offensive coordinator of the Falcons at the time, walking by him in the concourse because the coaches, in order to get to where their locker rooms were located, had to walk on this level of the concourse. I will never forget his face. The devastation, the shock, the disbelief, all of that, wearing it in his facial expression as he walked by me with a security guard and was on his way to... Uh, the locker room because he had been up in the you know the higher levels of the stadium. So that experience is unforgettable. I will I, I don't know that I'll ever forget the emotional ride of being inside the stadium for that Super Bowl. Yeah, that was that was amazing. I was actually there for that Super Bowl as well. And that, <gasps> Yay! In that particular Super Bowl, I was there as a fan. Um, I wasn't <laughs> working that day, but it was um, it was something else. And then that. I saw that look on Kyle's face when I was working um, a couple years later in Miami. So I I know the look you speak of, and it's definitely a (laughs) tough one. It's a tough one for sure. Uh, What is your life motto? Oh, gosh. Uh, I have many of them, but I I think the one that I fall back on over and over, especially since this business taught me how to be a fighter, choose your battles. Not every Mm -hmm. battle is worth fighting sometimes you just have to let it go and live to fight another day, which I guess could be another motto. But yeah, it's, it's a revelation for me at the point at which I recognize that I can, I can in fact choose to bypass a fight. I don't always have to respond. I don't always have to react. I don't always have to put my boxing gloves up and, and Tracy, the, the business taught me how to fight. And at times when I was younger specifically, but even now it's a challenge. At times I forget that it's okay not to fight back. So choose your battles. Not every battle in life is worth fighting. It's not worth your energy every time. Go to workout. (laughs) Running, 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 running. I hate running. In fact, I have a hate, hate relationship with running. No, that's not true. I love how I feel when I get done. Uh, And I will tell you this, when I turn 40, my big challenge to myself, because I'm very goal-oriented, run my first half marathon. And so I've done four of them, four or five of them. Oh, wow. I'm not a fast runner. My entire goal is just to not stop. And so I've done a handful. I had two scheduled, actually three scheduled during the last two years that all ended up getting canceled or, or were virtual. Why the heck would I ever run a virtual half marathon by myself? I have no idea. So I'm looking forward to in 22, getting back out there and feeling that adrenaline and challenging myself and pushing myself. So yes, now that the weather in the Northeast has turned a little 
little bit and I can get out there without having to worry about the snow uh, and the crazy cold. I'm back training for a half marathon. But it, it just, it pulls everything out of me mentally, physically, emotionally. I'm telling you the emotional journey I go through when I'm long distance running, whether it's a podcast or it's music that drags me along. I mean, the number of emotions that course through my body because I'm not great at running and I don't love it. I generally hit the wall, but it's so good for me. And then I get to eat as much chocolate as I want the day after, or pancake, not the day after, sorry, the hour after, pancakes with pure New Hampshire maple syrup. Oh, so good. Delicious. What is your, <laughs> what is your go-to coffee order? Oh gosh. I get this. I only drink iced coffee. Doesn't okay. matter if it's minus five degrees outside, which that's happened at times. Uh, my coffee's actually frozen in my cup, but I'm a big time iced coffee girl. So twice a day, I I get the iced coffee, whether it's, oh gosh, let's say it's a gingerbread flavor. That's what I happen to have right now. Or I have a mocha flavor. Um, I generally make that and combine it with a, a cold brew, maybe stock or even Starbucks off the shelves at the grocery store. Uh, and then I put in sweetened, no, no, I'm sorry, take it back, unsweetened vanilla almond milk because it gives it a little bit of flavor, but it's not as many calories. I top it off a little half and half and then Truvia, which sounds crazy, but as much coffee as I drink, I, <laughs> I cannot have all the, the cream and the sugar in it. So I found a way to love it with almond milk and with Truvia. But yeah, when I say I drink a coffee, I drink a large coffee to get me through the night and then to help me wake up so that I can be energetic for your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is much appreciated. And our last fun fact, a book every woman should read. Oh man, there are so many because I, I love books and I've been a bookworm since I was a kid, total nerd when I was younger. But I'm gonna uh, give you the one that has meant the most to me in my life going back to when I was a child and that's the Bible. I, I don't go a day without either reading parts of it. I would recommend Psalms, Proverbs, uh, any of the the books that are written after women, Esther, Ruth. They're powerful, they're, they're inspirational and they're also good life lessons in there. So you asked me earlier about my life motto, my favorite Bible verse is faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It comes from Hebrews. And boy, that has carried me through a lot of moments where all I had was the faith and all I had was the hope. So my relationship with, with the Lord is really important to me. Faith has carried me through these last 25 years. And uh, without the Bible and its wisdom, I'm not sure where I would be. So I recommend it. Uh, there's There's so much there, even if you don't necessarily believe or understand what it is that you're reading. Um, it's it's a book that is next to me on my nightstand, and, and it's one that I pick up almost daily. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amy. Absolutely loved having you on today. Oh, such a privilege. And I can't wait to have you on the show, my show again, Tracy, whenever the Jimmy Garoppolo news breaks. So I, I love connecting with bright, intelligent, funny, accomplished women who are inspiring others. And I commend you for doing that, not just doing your job, which is covering the Niners or doing a sports podcast, but you really have made it a goal to also inspire other broadcasters and other young women, even if they're in a different space. So thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Well, thank you. And thank you for your very kind words. And if you guys like what you heard, which I know that you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online, And next time I'll have my voice back. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.